little sceptical about everything today. Do you even need encouragement to view the news with scepticism? If so, this is your day, National Skeptics Day. This is Fiorella de Maria bringing you the early show all the way from an England drowning in autumnal rain. Should I say anything on the programme that strikes a chord, interests you, or heaven help me, causes you to choke on your abstemious Friday breakfast? Please let me know. As always, our call-in telephone number is 844-527-8723. That's 844-527-8723. And the chat room is open for your commentary as well at crusadechannel.com forward slash chat. I should probably have started the show welcoming you all from the field hospital that is my house. Three out of four of my children have gone down with some COVID-style cold, sore throat, fever, thingamy, and they've got a really busy week next week. All three of them have big tests, a maths exam and skating tests and things, so I am praying that they have turned the corner and will be a little better by the end of the weekend. It seems to be that way. Um, yesterday, you know, one of them was tucked up on the sofa, not feeling well. Then the other one went and said, oh, I feel really ill. I don't think I can go to school. And so I tucked him up on the other sofa. Then child number three came down going, I don't feel very well. I feel really groggy. Yes, you get the general idea. Well, it is it's a convenient time. If they're going to get ill, this is not such a bad day for it to happen. They all looked very snug and cosy with their hot chocolates and um, their nice film to watch just to keep them occupied as they doze in their feverish sleeps. It is National Skeptics Day and I can't help feeling really that this is sort of the Crusade Channel's National Day, isn't it? I mean, it's it's a day that celebrates people who don't take anything at face value. Oh, Jacqueline, thank you. Prayers for your children. Uh, that's great. Thanks so much. It's it's um, one of those things, you know, with, you know what it's like in a, in a, a big family in a small house, it, it, they just go down like dominoes, you know, the germs just, you know, well, children are very liberal with their germs, let's face it. Right. So, Yes, scepticism, an attitude of doubt, according to the dictionaries, an attitude of doubt towards a particular object or a piece of knowledge, philosophical, religious or scientific. It's only with this attitude that human society and its understanding of the world around it has been able to evolve and develop. How do you celebrate National Skeptics Day? Yes, on a Friday the 13th, exactly, Justin. Couldn't make it up. Um, be sceptical. Of everything, don't accept any claims made by your family, friends, colleagues or strangers without doing your own research. Is there a mystery that intrigues you? Try solving it. Do you know of someone who believes in some big conspiracy? Sit down with them and ask them to be sceptical about their claims. Watch TV shows that debunk myths and pseudoscience. Read books by literary sceptics such as Shakespeare and Herman Melville. I would never have thought of Shakespeare as a sceptic, but I think in some ways most writers are. You know, you're always, you're always having to question everything, aren't you? Now, listen, I was not going to bring up the subject that everybody is all talking about at the moment, um, but... The Israel-Gaza situation, I mean, everyone is talking about it. It's all over social media. I've been bombarded with memes and flags and everybody's 
threepence worth of wisdom for the last three days. And frankly, it's exhausting. And I don't feel... Uh, I, I don't feel I can really keep my mouth shut any longer. Um, I'm, in fact, thinking of coming off social media for a few days just for the sake of my sanity. The only reason I've stayed on social media is because a friend of mine is in Tel Aviv as we speak, trying to get out of the country, and I am so, so worried about him. I would just like to make a few observations, okay? Please indulge me on this one. As someone who has lived traveled and worked in the Holy Land, having visited the hellhole that is Gaza, I am so appalled by some of the comments and claims I am seeing from influencers and armchair critics, many of whom have never been anywhere near that part of the world before. And I feel I owe it to the beleaguered Arab Christians who offered me hospitality all those years ago just to make a few observations, okay? And I stayed, I had the privilege of staying in the homes of both Palestinians and Israelis. All right. One, I think we can be in agreement about most of this. Hamas is a terrorist organization. It calls for the killing of Jews and the overwhelming majority of people are rightly disgusted by what Hamas has done. I don't think that's even controversial. Hamas is an evil organization. The rape, murder and kidnap of innocent people, including many children, is a horrific atrocity. Again, the overwhelming majority of people are in agreement about this. The bombing and shooting of innocent people in retaliation is also an atrocity. It goes against both Catholic teaching, notes to Catholics who are justifying this, and international law. Contrary to what is being put about online, the Israeli defensive de defense force are not giving civilians the chance to escape the bombardment. I keep reading that the IDF is giving people warning to allow them to escape with their lives. 1.1 million civilians cannot possibly be evacuated safely within 24 hours. This is not like any other evacuation there has been in Gaza in the last 17 years. 1.1 million civilians cannot be moved that quickly. The IDF knows this, especially when a significant number are seriously injured from the recent bombardments, are bedridden and dependent on ventilators and life support. We are heading for a bloodbath, and this is not something anyone should be trying to justify. 50% of the population of Gaza are under the age of 18. They did not choose Hamas but they are going to pay the price. Jewish schools as, way, as far away as London are being forced to close and to tell pupils not to wear their school badges for fear that they will be identified and targeted. No Jewish child, no child should live in fear in Britain or anywhere. The anti-Semitic sentiments being expressed by a small number of extremists in Western nations cannot and should not be tolerated. However, I will not, as so many of my friends have done, fly the Israeli flag on my social media profile, because having experienced life in that country myself, I will not lend my support to a nation that continues to treat a section of its population as second-class citizens. This view is based on my own personal experience. 
please bear in mind that my maiden name sounds Arab. I do, however, hope that we can join in prayer for a peaceful resolution to a conflict that has raged for decades, including at times when the cameras of the West were pointing elsewhere. It is in nobody's interests for the land of Jesus to be in a permanent state of warfare and for the most innocent to pay the price. There, I've said my bit and uh, that's the end of it. But I am finding this whole situation almost unbearable and I cannot I cannot imagine what people are going through, the fear people are suffering at the moment. Um, I'm praying my friend will make it out of the country. I'm praying that people will be safe and that there can be a lasting peace somehow or other and a just peace. One thing I was told when I was out there is peace is not just the absence of war. Peace to be binding to last it has to be a just peace. When I was in Gaza, let me tell you, it was horrible. It's one of the nastiest places I've ever been to in my entire life. I saw children playing in cesspits. I saw people living crammed in tiny shacks, no better than Nissan huts, under corrugated iron roofs. Can you imagine how hot that was? I went to refugee camps in South Lebanon and talked to survivors of the Shantila massacre back in 1981. Even in that most horrible of places, people were saying to me, we can have peace, we can learn to live with one another, but we need time. We need at least a generation to grow up in a state of peace and justice and then we can live together, we can build a life together. But not until there truly is peace. So please, let's pray for peace, real peace. Anyway, I'm going to move on uh, to, well, shall I move on to food? Just to, um, just to catch my breath. Um, I find even talking about it quite difficult, which is not good on radio. Okay, food. Let's talk about food. I don't know what gumbo is. Is gumbo food? It's National Gumbo Day. Could somebody help me with this? Right. The international, believe it or not, this is actually a thing. The World Porridge Championships have been held in Scotland. Yeah. There is such a contest. It's the 30th anniversary, the 30th year of the World Porridge Championships. And the winner, Adam, who uh, he's um, British Pakistani. He lives in London and he and his friend James won the contest. You actually get a golden spurtle which is the thing you stir the porridge with. I had no idea porridge could come in so many different flavours, but you know something? Good luck to them. It can't be such a bad thing. Something innocent. It is 20 minutes past the hour. You are listening to The Early Show with your hostess, Fiorella de Maria. If you've missed the show so far, never fear. You can get the whole of The Early Show as a podcast, same day, from crusademax.com. 
And we have been talking about National Skeptics Day. Is there anyone listening who is not, in fact, a skeptic? I don't believe it. Um, let me know. It is also World Porridge Competition Day and the 30th anniversary of the founding of this competition. People really do compete for the Golden Spurtle. You get a trophy. And there's this smiling man, Adam and James, smiling away because they got the best the best combination of oats, salt and water, whatever. Also, inevitably talking about the Israeli-Palestinian situation, please continue to pray. And one little thing I will say is that of the many memes I have seen, a quote from Elie Weissel has particularly troubled me. Neutrality is not enough. Neutrality in the face of evil is not enough. To be neutral is to support the enemy. Normally, I completely agree with that. I don't think you can be neutral in the face of evil. However, when it comes to a conflict as complex as this, I somewhat wish that fewer people would take sides. I'm seeing a lot of blazing rows all over social media when neither side really have much of an idea of what's going on. Just saying. I think I have found the ultimate 21st century celebration. Somebody tell me if I'm wrong. A woman named Sarah Wilkinson, a British woman, spent 20 years saving to marry herself. Yeah. She saved for 20 years to throw a big party in honour of herself. Self-marriage is now a thing. It is no legal, uh, well, it's impossible for it to have any legal standing because I'm not sure it's physically possible to sign a contract with yourself, but she decided to do this. She had a ceremony. Uh, her friend, who's an event planner, was the celebrant. This was in uh, Felixstowe in Suffolk. And she, she'd bought herself an engagement ring already. She bought herself a wedding ring. She said, I think you get to the point where you think, I might not have this with a partner by my side, but why should I miss out? So she'd saved and saved, putting little bits of money aside and splashed out £10,000 on a completely pointless empty celebration. 40 people attended, her closest family and friends. Another 40 turned up in the evening and they just had a big booze up. Apparently everyone thought it was just wonderful and nearly everyone said that's such a Sarah thing to do. She wrote 14 vows to herself for herself to honour. The first being a promise never to relinquish control of the TV remote. It's really good to see a person like this. Just you know, really thinking about the big questions. Yeah. Um, she said she came up with the idea during lockdown. She turned 40 in lockdown. I don't know how she was saving for 20 years if she only decided during lockdown. But anyway, never mind. Um, and that was when she bought herself a diamond engagement ring that she'd always fancied. 
So the wedding featured a traditional white sequined gown. There she is in a big white dress and a veil. Um, she had a tiered cake topped with a figurine of a bride kissing a frog and her mother walked her down the aisle. Um, the event planner and celebrant, Catherine Cresswell, said, as much as it was about Sarah, it was about bringing everyone together. There's always a need to celebrate. I think we need it more than ever right now. Um, despite getting her perfect wedding day, Miss Wilkinson said, she's not ruled out meeting any future grooms. Not at all. It's just a case of, case of giving up looking because it's a lot of effort. And this is apparently becoming quite a feature. This is not a, an isolated incident at all. More and more women are choosing self-marriage. Sologamy. There are even courses in the US, you can go on a 10-week course to prepare for sologamy. Um, and the woman who runs the course said she's prepared more than 250 clients for sologamy. A self-marriage ceremony. It's about self-love, acceptance and claiming social affirmation normally reserved to couples who wed. Self-love. Yeah, it is about self-love. It's absolutely about self-love. I can completely see why that happens. I don't know. Maybe I'm just being a Karen as usual. And if somebody wants to spend £10,000 celebrating themselves, then who am I to judge? But it just seems to me there are so many other things you could celebrate. I mean, OK, we all like a party. It was it was it's my party day the other day. We were talking about what would you like to celebrate? You know, an, an important, significant date, an anniversary. What would you celebrate if you had $10,000 to burn on a party? What would you celebrate? You know, rather than having some weird parody of a wedding where you dress in white and, and make vows and have a cake and things like that. What would you celebrate? There are so many moments in your life you could celebrate besides birthdays, which is the obvious thing. We all have those significant moments. A friend of mine the other day was celebrating her first date. It was the anniversary 28 years ago of her first date. She happened to remember what the date was when she and her future husband went out for the first time. There are so many significant moments like that. A national date that you like. Come on, you know, help me here. There have got to be other things you can be doing. But... I don't know. Or, of course, maybe I'm just being unreasonable as usual. A happy story. Moving on. Keep that question going over your head. If you wanted to have a really big celebration, what would it be for? Okay. A happy story. I feel I have to share this. In the pro-life movement, there's the endless negative stories of law being changed. Most of the law changes, apart from in the States, I think, tend to be going the wrong way for us. Um, it's It can be very, very depressing. You've got all these different fronts you're fighting for. But Live Action has posted the story that I just, I feel we have to share this one, okay? Aha! Um, oh, just a minute. Hang on before I tell my happy story. Jacqueline, I have a happy story. So remember, I had a baby goat born the other day. All right, tell me more. Why don't you phone in, Jacqueline? Can you? Or just write in the chat room, whatever you prefer. Morning, Philip. This is why it's so quiet this morning. You're all travelling, aren't you? Right. Um, well, Jacqueline's saying I was... Um, 
I was preparing for the storms that were coming. Oh, oh hang on. Um, trying to get everything done quickly before the rain. Mm-hmm. I heard a baby goat and thought, oh, the baby, bo baby goat got out. I'm so glad I already know it's got a happy ending. Um, just a minute, yes. Is this the film Friday the 13th? There is a f I knew there was a film called Friday the 13th. Is it any good? It looks quite frightening. Okay. Um, time for some big screen slashing because Jason was not pro-life. Well, I bet he wasn't. That's absolutely horrible. I'm not really fond of slasher movies, Dr. Torres. I don't know. They, they don't do it for me somehow. Um, I think I'll find something else to watch on, on Friday the 13th. So, did you save the goat? Oh, phew. Okay, Jacqueline saying, Kevin, I, I noticed that one of my livestock protection dogs was standing over a baby goat that, when I thought, oh good, she found her. Then I realised it wasn't the same baby goat. So apparently this one was hiding for 24 hours. I got babies reunited with her father and her brother and mother. Oh, that's so sweet. Oh, lovely little goat. It's so sweet. Oh, I'm so pleased, Jacqueline. Thank you for sharing that. Yes. Well, live action tells the story of a young woman, Christina Fisher. She discovered she was pregnant and it's a familiar story. She felt she was not in a position financially to raise another child. She already had um, an adult daughter and referred to her living situation as basically homeless. So she decided to place the baby for adoption, um, which is, by the way, perfectly it's it is a perfectly valid thing to do i think it can be the moral choice adoption if it if it's sometimes some situations it is just necessary and so you know, kudos to this woman she felt she needed to put this baby up for adoption when baby abigail was born her adoptive mother was there for the birth but after seeing Abigail, the woman left the hospital in tears and was never heard of again because baby Abigail had a condition called Treacher Collins, a genetic condition that causes underdevelopment of certain facial features, including the jaw and cheekbones, as well as ears and eyes. People with this condition have difficulty hearing. Others have respiratory problems. She may need cochlear implants for hearing at some point, but otherwise doctors expect Abigail to lead a completely normal life. And you can see from the photograph that there's obviously an issue. You can see her face looks a little bit different. Um, but when Christina Fisher realised that the adoptive mother had fled, that the baby had been rejected, she did what came naturally and decided to raise her daughter herself. She said, that is when I realised she's meant to be mine only now because of her needs. I was not fully prepared for her, but now I can no longer see my life without either of my daughters. Um, family and friends raised £20,000 to help her cover basic expenses and local non-profits also helped by donating clothes. I'm sure those pregnancy crisis centres who've stepped in to help. She said, I don't need a glamorous lifestyle. I just need enough to take care of her. And speaking of the adoptive family, she said they missed out on the most amazing baby in the world. She saves my life every single day, just like my 18 year old did. She doesn't know how much she means to me. She'll understand one day. And, you know, it's not uncommon in adoption situations for the birth mother to change her mind when she gives birth. That's actually very common. 
uh, you know, the, the bonding process of giving birth, actually seeing the baby, holding the baby. Um, but I just, I love the fact that for this mother, every possible natural instinct just kicked in and that this beautiful, special baby is so loved. I would also like to spare a thought and a prayer for the adoptive mother because by running away from the baby she had chosen to adopt, she has missed out on a great deal of love and she will never know that. She will never appreciate what she lost. Um, okay, what is it with slasher movies? I'm sorry, you gentlemen, you're never going to convince me that Friday the 13th or Saturday the 14th or anything like that is anything worth watching. I'm sorry, it's just too weird. I don't like things with knives and blood and gore, if it's all the same to all of you. Anyway, we've got to go to an ad break now. So um, you are listening to The Early Show. Please stay tuned, since I think I'm the only one live today. Our call-in telephone number is 844-527-8723. That's 844-527-8723. And the Crusader Stadium chat room is open for your commentary as well at crusadechannel.com forward slash chat do talk to me do join the conversation the early show will continue in a few moments here on the crusade channel live talk radio the way it should be Good morning, all you early risers and insomniacs, and those of you catching the show's rebroadcast at midday. For those of you just joining us, you are listening to The Early Show with your hostess from across the pond, Fiorella de Maria. Our call-in telephone number is 844-527-8723. That's 844-527-8723. And the Crusader Stadium chat room is open for your commentary as well at crusadechannel.com forward slash chat. Do talk to me. Do join the conversation. It's quite quiet today. But as you enjoy an abstemious Friday morning breakfast why not post some pictures of food? It's, it's a pretty heavy news day. How about food? Nothing can ever go wrong with food. If you've missed the show so far, never fear. You can get the whole of the early show as a podcast. Same day from crusademax.com. We have been talking in no particular order about National Skeptics Day. A day to celebrate the sceptic in your life or to encourage a certain healthy scepticism of news stories and conspiracy theories. We have also almost inevitably been talking about the Israel 
Gaza situation. 1.1 million people in Gaza have been warned to flee within 24 hours. This is not going to happen. It will not be successful. The world is bracing itself for what is going to come. Prayers, please, for peace in that troubled land. You know something, it is beautiful. If you've never been to the Holy Land, it is such a beautiful country. If you only ever look at the news, you'll only ever see burnt out cars and buildings being blown up. But oh, it is such a very, very beautiful part of the world. We are also discussing a woman who married herself. This actually happened. A woman married herself after saving for 20 years for a party. Sarah Wilkinson said she bought herself an engagement ring during lockdown and then decided to go the whole way. Two men have, representing Britain and Pakistan, have won the world porridge competition. Oh, the joy of harmless and slightly pointless competitions. I am currently, as I speak, managing my family field hospital. Three of my children have gone down with some COVID-style bug, but hopefully they are turning a corner. Thank you for your prayers. Please do pray that they will be well by next week because they've all got exams next week, which they don't want to have to miss. I've just heard it's National Yorkshire Pudding Day. If you don't know what a Yorkshire pudding is, it's a thing with batter and it is just scrumdiddlyumptious. It is really wonderful. Yorkshire pudding is the best. It's the best thing Yorkshire ever produced. And never mind your famous inventors and things like that. Yorkshire produced the Yorkshire pudding. If you've never tried it before, this is the day to try a really good Yorkshire pudding. Preferably as part of a roast. Roast beef, even. In happy news... A woman decided to keep her baby after the child was born with a disability and the adoptive mother rejected her, fled the hospital in tears and never returned. Christina Fisher said that it was the most important thing she'd ever done. Her baby gives her joy every single day. So... Thanksgiving for that wonderful mother and prayers for the adoptive mother who lost out on a chance of great happiness. There's so much fear about disability as shown in this story, but I can say as the mother of a special needs child, it's an extraordinary journey. It's an extraordinary journey and I just feel sorry for those who miss out on that journey because they are afraid. I'm just musing. I don't know what you're all planning for your weekend. It's my birthday on Sunday. And guess where I will be celebrating my birthday? Any guesses? The ice rink, because two of my children have a skating competition. I can't think of anywhere else I'd rather be. I don't know how Friday the 13th, the film that is, ended up in the chat room. Yes, it's definitely not for me. Dr. Torres says, if the slasher flick Friday the 13th isn't your cup of tea, there's always the spoof film Saturday the 14th. That sounds a bit more like it to me, yes. Um, good morning, Denise. Bit chaotic here, don't worry. Dr. Torres is a... What is this about? The only thing Saturday the 14th slashes is an hour and a half out or of an otherwise good oh, sorry, sorry let me say that again I couldn't quite see where the punctuation went the only thing 
Saturday the 14th slashes an hour and a half out of an otherwise good day. It's an awful spoof. Right, I will not be watching it then. I don't know if anybody ever watched the spoof of Casino Royale. It actually came out years before the actual Casino Royale. It was a spoof of the book with David Niven as James Bond. I think, no, was it David Niven as James Bond? I can't remember. I think it was him, yes. Um, and you'd think a spoof couldn't go wrong because it's making fun of something. It was awful. I bet you anything it was more awful than Saturday the 14th. I sat and cringed. It even had Woody Allen in it, who I don't even like. But he had the one funny moment in the entire film. There's a moment where I can't remember who Woody Allen's supposed to be. I think he's supposed to be the arch villain. And he's being marched against a wall to be shot. And just as they're, you know, aiming at him, he shouts, Would it help if I said I was pregnant? That is literally the only funny line in the whole of the spoof of Casino Royale. So, yes, a spoof has to be really good to be actually funny. I do love your pictures of goats, Jacqueline. Thank you. Well, that was a bit trippy. I think I just heard staying alive in my ears. Um, Jacqueline, that is lovely. Is that your little dog? Oh, that's our our goofy son. I love the dog. The dog is all dressed up in a Hawaiian-style shirt. That is just perfect. Um, Jacqueline's saying, it's technically my dog, but he's living at my son's house to keep another dog company. I miss my little dog, but he always gets underfoot. Oh, I'd find it very difficult to be parted from my dog. What breed is he? Um... Then he's saying, just, okay, just demanding autistic kid and his ADHD is off the charts. Oh, my goodness. Say a prayer. Say a prayer for Denise. That's tough when it, when, the, when the day starts like that. Dr. Um, Toro is saying there's a part in Friday the 13th where the hitchhiking girl um, is bumping her gums about how she doesn't like when people call children kids. It makes her think that they're baby goats. A, a young goat being a kid, of course. Well, actually, um, it's funny you say that because we were never allowed to say kid as a child on the grounds that if you were a kid, then then mummy would be a goat. We always had to say children. I mean, people people use it interchangeably now. It's just slang, you know. Um, Doctor, make sure those kids of yours have their daily Flintstone vitamin. I tell you what, my daughter takes multivitamins for sporty kids. There we are. I said kids. Um, And they look ridiculous. It's bright yellow. I mean, it looks like a Flintstone vitamin to me. Um, Schaefer, happy day of Palestine rage. Oh, don't joke. I can hardly bear to look at the news to see what's coming next. Um, Schaefer, I'm so late today. Slept through alarm. Don't worry. There's plenty of time to get yourself. Because everyone's running late. I was thinking, I'm all alone in the chat room. I bet you I bet you anything, I'm not actually talking to anybody. I'm just talking into the void. Um, Maggie's saying, sorry, running late to the chat room. I had a super jam-packed morning. Was awake at 1.30 a.m. My mother's neighbour's bull got out of their fencing, spent the last few hours helping them just by adding light while they were all on four wheelers trying to get to round up an angry bull back into the pen. Wow, never a dull moment in the country. Gosh, that sounds absolutely terrifying. But what a wonderful neighbour you are, Maggie, to do that. It never really occurred to me what you would do if a bull escaped. Well, yes, the Hawaiian shirt is great. Schaefer, I have no idea... 
what's going on. I keep hearing music in my ears. I'm starting, if you're hearing it, then at least I'm not going raving mad, which is always a possibility. Um, Dr. Torres, you were, you were corralling a bull this morning. What fun! Not. Um, okay, Maggie says that King Dude is testing connection at the SBC. Right. Denise, um, <laughs> that's one way of putting it. Exciting start of the day, Maggie. I was awakened at two by Jacob's TV and him laughing. Went back to sleep for a bit. Well, at least you were woken up by him laughing, not crying. Um, Weissenberger wife um, uh, say, oh, that sounds miserable. Bless you for helping them. Cows getting out is always an affair here on our state highway. Gosh, yes. Um, it was a really, really good thing to do that. I hope you got a cup of tea afterwards or whatever. What do neighbours give us as thanks in the US? I don't suppose they make you a nice cup of tea. Would it be a coffee? Um, Schaefer saying, I'm a good 90 minutes out. Thank goodness my wife's obnoxious alarm. I have to know what alarm your wife has now. What sound does it make that makes it so awful? Um, oh, Jacqueline, the, the dog is a Domeranian. I didn't even know there was such a thing as a, a Damaranian. Oh, um, Dax Hound Pomeranian. Okay, yes, got it. Wow, there's so many combinations now I get quite lost. Um, Maggie saying, yeah, that Joker was running up and down the street, then he somehow came into our little fenced area. Well, near the RV. Schaefer, I wasn't joking about Palestine rage for a lot. Okay, sorry, I, was, I wasn't quite sure how to take it. Yes, it's, um, it's going to be a... A difficult 24 hours, I think, in that part of the world. Have there been many protests in the US both ways? There have been a lot of protests in Britain. There have been pro-Israel protests. There have been pro-Palestine protests. And, um, you know, the police trying to keep the two sides apart. It's really been very unpleasant. Um, Weissenberger wife, I've taken my neighbour's Fresh made zucchini bread to thank you, thank them for helping round up escaped cows or fresh eggs. That's lovely. Yes. Um, Dr. Torres, Father Phil Wolf has a great sermon about gates. Leave gates as you find them. Yes, I think it's, it's always nice to give a token of appreciation. Actually, my neighbour gave me some beautiful roses the other day. I felt a bit guilty because it was, in fact, my husband who helped out. Um, they have a little security camera. Um, our neighbour opposite, you know, she's an elderly widower and, and she worries a bit about living alone. So she's got a security camera, but um, a squirrel started playing with it. It sat on it, it stomped on it, it messed about and managed to drag down the camera. So my husband went across to fix it for her and she um, she gave him some lovely flowers for me. So I was the beneficiary of that little, little act of neighbourly kindness. But I'm fortunate that we're a really friendly neighbourhood here. People do look out for one another. Because um, I admitted to one of my neighbours, I had a nightmare quite a long time ago now that my house burnt down. And it was so vivid. You know what? Those nightmares, which are just so completely believable, it was because there'd been a fire at a neighbouring house. And in the dream, you know, I'm, I'm standing in the garden with the children in their pyjamas, you know, with the remnants, the smouldering remnants of my house. And our next door neighbour is saying, you know, what are you going to do, sweetheart? You're going to have to fight. Do you have, is it, do, do any of the neighbours have a house big enough to take all six of you? And I suddenly remembered this person said, oh yes, Bernadette will take us. And, and in the dream, we went and stayed with Bernadette. And when I told her in reality, she said, you know, I'm so glad that even in your dreams, you knew you could turn to me. Um, 
Schaefer 13, my wife's alarm is a hatch. It can play a number of sounds and light many colours. The worst sound being birds. Do you know, Schaefer, I had an alarm like that. I was given it some years ago because uh, my husband had read that, in fact, being woken up by a noisy alarm is quite bad for you. It's bad for your heart because you, know, you jolt awake and it's not a good way to, to start, you know, to, to start your day with a big shock. And they were really talking about these these special alarms. Yes, and they, they start lighting up the room slowly. It's supposed to be like being woken up naturally and little colours and bird song and things like that. I couldn't hack it. I just couldn't take it for more than about a week for a start. The light, the, the, the light starts coming on about 20 minutes before the alarm is due to go off because it's supposed to very, very slowly build up light. But I'm such a sensitive light sleeper that as soon as light started to come on, I'd, I'd wake up. So I'd always wake up early. And the bird song drove me insane. I'd sit up in bed going, there's birds in the room, there's birds in the room. And my husband would be like, it's the alarm, go back to sleep. No, no, don't go back to sleep. No, whatever. There's no birds in the room. But it's just completely unnatural. You don't feel like there are birds tweeting outside the window like I used to get growing up in the country. It does actually sound as if there are birds directly overhead. Um, yes, uh, Dr. Torres is uh, saying about the, the day of rage. It's actually being referred to as a day of jihad. These terrorist orgs want their sympathisers in Western countries to strike out at the infidel. It's the reason there's heightened security in major cities. I know someone who works at a Marriott in downtown Houston. The hotel was mentioned along with other branded hotels in big cities. Wow, that is really frightening. Um, I didn't realise the call was right across the world. That would explain why Jewish schools have been closed here today. Uh, it's a horrible situation. It's, it's just... Um, and there have... There have already been acts of vandalism, you know, synagogue um, vandalised and things like that. I just, um, I mean, we're we're not in London, so we're just a little bit more out of it. But it's a terrible situation um, and a lot of rage, a lot of pent up rage exploding. And only innocent people are going to get hurt. This is what I just find I find so excruciating. It is why I have never, ever been able to accept terrorism, whatever the cause, whatever the cause. The innocent always suffer. Um, when 7-7 happened, it's a one of those terrorist attacks that particularly sticks in my mind because I was there. And I was talking about it afterwards to an Iranian friend. I was saying that you know, I only... I only wasn't at the epicenter of the explosion because I missed my train that morning. And he was saying that a friend of his, you know, she's Muslim, was killed in the explosion. An, an explosion caused in the name of Islam killed a Muslim girl. And he showed a photograph of a beautiful young woman. Um, it's just the, the whole the whole thing. I, I've never understood why anybody can justify terrorism. It just it makes no sense to me at all. Um, it is 58 minutes past the hour. You are listening to The Early Show with your hostess, Fiorella de Maria. If you have missed the show so far, never fear. You can get the whole of The Early Show as a podcast, same day from crusademax.com. And we've been talking about my field hospital and my sick children. We are heading for a winter of coughs and colds by the sounds of it. The Israel-Gaza situation is escalating out of control it is national skeptics day national yorkshire pudding day world porridge championships 
We do talk about a few things. A woman who decided to marry herself as part of a growing trend towards self-marriage as a celebration of self-love. And just to keep us all sane, a mother has decided to keep her baby after the adoptive mother rejected her. Something like that. And alarms. We all seem to have problems with our alarms from time to time. Yes, um, Schaefer's saying about the these light alarms you can get. They're supposed to be very natural. They slowly release light into the room so you wake up feeling all warm and, you know, as if you haven't just been jolted awake by someone throwing cold water at you. It slowly raises light and sound. Jacqueline says, my alarm is soft music. I used to have the Jeeves and Worcester theme uh, as my my alarm ringtone. And it was wonderful because it meant, because it was a sort of 1920s sort of boogie style. It was re- really nice swing band. And I'd, sort of, I'd wake up feeling really upbeat. Then eventually I started to get annoyed by it. You can't have the same tune for very long or you start to associate it with first thing in the morning. Schaefer, my alarm is... My alarm is silent. Well, yes, apparently so. I do hope you're not going to be trying to catch up all day today. Yesterday was uh, the I Hope procession and rosary gathering. I, you know, I should try and get Joe onto the show next week to talk about it. I would like to hear all about how it went. Nothing can go wrong with prayer. For all the division in our world, all the horrors going on, all the the wars breaking out, we will never all agree on the right course of action, but we can all pray. You know, we can all all pray for a resolution. Schaefer saying the... um, the vibrations used to wake me up with, used to wake me up without problem. Okay. That's that, that was the way it woke you up. Was it right? Um, Dr. Torres said, did you see the story of the young 22 year old who quit the BBC because of the organization's, um, Oh, thank you. Dr. Torres, British Brit spelling for you. Refusal to call Hamas what it is, a terrorist group. They're not gunmen, not militants, not freedom fighters. Well, I think that was an incredibly principled thing to do because the fact is the BBC has no right to ignore the obvious. Hamas are internationally recognised as a terrorist organisation. And and that's an end to it. You know, there, there is no debate here. They, they are internationally recognised as a terrorist organisation. Um, and, you know, I remember growing up in the last days of the Troubles, the way the IRA and other terrorist groups used to be glorified uh, in some parts of the world by people who had no idea about the brutality that was being meted out on the ground. You know, this is just wrong. Um, and, you know, good for this person to quit the BBC. I think this ought to be a period of soul searching. It really should. You know, as I have said, there are a lot of injustices carried out in that country, I think, in the Holy Land. I keep saying the Holy Land to avoid saying Israel-Palestine. It gets a bit awkward after a while. Um, I was horrified because part of my maiden name was Sultana, which is a very common Maltese name. It is also a very common Arab name. It can also be a Pakistani name. Um, it's It's got a Muslim connotation. And because of that and because of my colouring, I got singled out a lot. And let me tell you, it is really, really scary when you are walking down a street and you look up and realise that a soldier is training a machine gun to your head. 
and you're scared to death of taking out your mobile phone or your purse in case he thinks it's a gun and shoots you. Um, you know, being stopped constantly and being held at checkpoints. It's the little indignities over and over again. Um, when I was working in Jerusalem, there were a whole group of Palestinian Christians who had their permits to live in Jerusalem taken from them just before Easter, specifically so they would not be able to celebrate Easter in Jerusalem. You know, it's those those little provocations all the time. It's a horrific situation. You know, I have considerable sympathy for the Palestinian population, having worked among them and been um, treated with great kindness by the people I worked with and having had the chance to learn their stories. But I will never condone, con I will never condone, let me say that carefully, I will never condone terrorism because the innocent always suffer. And people who worked in you know, during the Second World War, for example, people who were involved in resistance movements resented terrorist organizations being called freedom fighters because they said there was a very serious difference between the way they conducted their campaigns and the way terrorist organizations carried out their, their campaigns. So there, there was a difference. They, they really resented being tarred with the same brush. Jacqueline saying the tornado warning alarms, on the other hand, our weather alarm, our cell phones, our house phone, all going off two nights ago. Total adrenaline rush. Wow, were you okay? Was everything all right? Was it a, was it a false alarm in the end? Um, hope everything's fine. I mean, we've got we've got rain now. What, what we are actually experiencing here in Britain is a perfectly normal autumn. Now, having had an unseasonably warm autumn, um, we are now experiencing what normally happens pouring rain it's reasonably warm for the time of year but it's rain and we're all moaning oh it's so wet or everything's going to flood you know it wasn't that bad really this is perfectly normal weather we we don't have those those panic station moments of alarms going off and things um, so moving swiftly on a tantalizingly difficult situation here and not really sure what the answer is. There has been a repeated, a reported surge in ill health in Britain. And it's a surge that is going to get considerably better. A surge that's going to get better. Sorry, bigger. I'm tired. It's a Friday. I've got three sick children. Three sick children. Just be nice to me. The number of people living with major illnesses in England is set to rise nine times faster than the healthy working age population, according to projections. This is largely because of, guess what? The ageing population. You know, I said the other day that Japan has a problem because its population is in free fall. I mean, it's just depopulating so fast that... You know, whole areas of Japan are being practically evacuated. There are, there are villages and small towns and rural areas where the numbers living there are so tiny that the authorities are just switching off the electricity and things like that. It's not worth keeping, keeping resources out there. It's not worth keeping services going because there are so few people. When you've got a town or a village that started off with 800 people and now has 27, you know, 
people are just being told to move. And one of the many consequences of this is bears coming out of the mountains and starting to attack the cities because there's no longer the buffer zone of those settlements, those rural settlements. So the drop in population creates an aging population and that comes with all sorts of challenges. And in Britain, the big challenge is, yes, with an aging population is a hugely increasing surge of ill health. We already have a problem in that numbers of sick days being taken are going up and up just among the population today. But the idea is that, or the belief is that in 2040, or by 2040, one in five members of the population will have health conditions such as dementia and cancer, which is up from one in six. Now, that may not seem like a big change, but that is a huge change for the health system to have to cope with. And the Health Foundation, which carried out the survey, said that the population shift is going to mean there will have to be a radical change in the way people are cared for, more care in the community rather than in hospitals, because there will be 9.1 million people with a major health condition by 2040. And the healthy working age population is only going to increase by 4%. This is something that economists could have seen coming a very long time ago. Um, on top of the fact that we will have a lot more elderly people needing looking after, the number of young people living with ill health, health is also increasing. There are increasing numbers of younger people living with anxiety and depression, chronic pain, but also conditions like diabetes, which are fueled by the obesity crisis. The 10 conditions in Britain, which currently cause the greatest ill health are chronic pain, diabetes, anxiety or depression, cancer, chronic kidney disease, atrial fibrillation, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, heart failure, constipation and dementia. And the country is not equipped to deal with this level of illness. We simply will not have the workforce to deal with so many people needing care. Now, we have a duty to care. We have a duty to care for those who are ill, disabled, um, elderly, needing help. But there are going to have to be radical changes, structural changes, and changes in attitude, I think, in order for this to happen. And this is not just going to be a problem for Britain, it's going to be a problem everywhere. Um, Dr. Torres is saying in the chat room, when the UN created the homeland for the Jewish people, it was intentional that the Arabs in the region would also have a space carved out. From the very beginning, the Arabs refused to agree to any land for Jews. They've continually warred against the state of Israel. Every time they did, the boundaries of the state changed. You fight a war and lose, the victor goes gains the spoils that's the reality of war if you don't like that you know the jews have a state in the middle east blame the un blame the british mandate blame the balfour declaration once the state is a reality and others attack it the state has a responsibility to re return aggression with aggression it's not bound to be proportionate it's only bound by the laws of war which include min minimizing collateral damage 
Okay, there's a few things to say there. Yes, you can and probably should blame the UN, blame the mandate, blame the Balfour Declaration. Um, It's not impossible to accept the reality of Israel's existence without also asking for a two-state solution. Now, I am not a diplomat and I am not fitted to, I'm, I'm hearing a lot of explanations as to what we should do. I'm not fitted to meddle in those matters. Um, I do, however, feel that the right of return is acceptable. I feel that um, Arabs who lost their land should at the very least have been compensated if it's got to the point where it is impossible for them to return to their ancestral lands, they should at least have been compensated adequately that they could make lives somewhere else. Um, I do not see the justification for kicking people off their land in the first place, and I understand why they're extremely angry about that and are not impressed by the, well, we might give you a bit of it back. Um, There's uh, the a Palestinian delegate to the Holy See years ago, Afif Safiya, he was an Arab Catholic. He made the point that when Saddam Hussein invaded Kuwait, nobody said, well, you know something, Saddam, if you can give back 90% of the land, that's fine. You you can keep 10%, that's okay. You know, it's not that straightforward. Um, I don't believe that there is no duty to be proportionate. I think that is actually quite important Yes, a country has a right to defend its own people, but we are looking at a situation where the densest population, I mean, I think Gaza has one of the densest populations in the world, where 2.1 million people are facing being raised to the ground. This is not a proportionate response. And the Israeli response is never a proportionate response. I simply don't see why. I... You know, Dr. Roger is saying they lost the land in war, don't war. No, I'm sorry, I don't accept that. You know, we are not the, we know, we're not, we are not the law of raiding parties. We are supposed to accept boundaries. Yes, it is true. They were the losers in those wars. But I don't believe that that is the way the world should be. I, I, I don't, I don't see why innocent people should have been pushed off their land. Um, it, it does not seem to me to be a justification of what is happening. You know, a lot more Palestinians have already been killed just in this latest uh, situation. And as you say, if Hamas is a terrorist organization, which it is, then, well, if it's a terrorist organization, why are we treating it as if, as if it is a legitimate army? Because that's almost what you seem to be saying. Oh, they've started, Hamas has started a war, therefore Israel has a right to fight a war. Well, if they're a terrorist organization, they've started no such thing. They've created a terrorist atrocity. Um, Jacqueline saying, COVID is the new flu. Nobody was afraid of the flu anymore, even though it was a killer. So now they have a new name so people can be afraid again. Remember the swine flu and the bird flu? I do remember it very well. And I remember the huge panic. Um, Dr. Shaw is saying, um, oh, because Denny's saying, oh, a behavior tech called off today because there's a case of flu in the house playing it safe. I mean, over here, um, people don't have to self-isolate if, if there's COVID. Children go to school. I think the feeling is just... 
um, let it spread. You know, it's, it's, it's got to people have to develop their own immunity. And in any case, uh, with COVID, it's believed that some of the new strains of COVID are not being picked up by the tests anyway. Uh, because I've seen people who've who've said that they've tested for COVID, it's come back negative, but they obviously had COVID. The symptoms they had were obviously COVID. Um, Dr. Torres saying Mexico is never getting the Western US back. Okay, I take the point. I take the point. But you're not even seeing in Israel itself, the Palestinian population living in Israel itself within its borders are not treated fairly. When I was there, the, the sense I got was of a de facto apartheid system. And if you are a second class citizen in your own country, that is always going to be a problem. You know, I met families who had lost loved ones who'd been shot dead by soldiers without rhyme nor reason. And the inquiry involved a whitewash. No, nothing happened, nothing happened, nothing happened. They weren't even compensated for the death of their loved one. You know, you can't expect people to live like that either. Um, and I go back every time to the point, Hamas is a terrorist organization. I absolutely condemn what they have done. It is barbaric. And rightly, they are being condemned around the world. You know, those settlers, whatever I feel about whether or not they should be there, they had a right to life. They had a right to their safety. You know, that is not an acceptable, uh, terrorism is not an acceptable solution. And what Hamas did went well beyond, you know, any justification. I, I can't, I cannot understand why anybody would justify it. I don't think any of us are arguing about that, that what Hamas did was wrong. But I can't sit back and watch while potentially thousands of innocent people get killed, whilst we sit back and say, well, you know, they, they started it. Really? Did the women and children of Gaza start it? Did half the population of Gaza start it? Dr. Torres, I hear what you're saying. You're saying the Palestinians elected Hamas as their government. Half the population of Gaza are under 18. Half the population of Gaza did not elect Hamas. And yet they are going to suffer for this. You know, th there is a need for proportionate behavior. I do not believe and have never believed in an eye for an eye. I do not believe in deliberately targeting, targeting civilians. Um, Jacqueline saying, I think the subject is not one for the morning show. Let's all stay friends. Friends, remember, we're talking about souls here and every soul is precious to God. Okay. Um, thank you, Jack Jacqueline. You are right. You're absolutely right. Some people choose evil, and that's the sad part. Innocent people get caught up. Okay, Dr. Torres, I'm going to say this one more time. Israel gives warning before striking back and gives no time at all for people to escape. It's no good saying we are going to bomb your house and then giving them no time to leave it or leaving them with nowhere to go. 1.1 million people cannot be transferred, evacuated safely within 24 hours. It is physically impossible, and the IDF know that. Okay, you're right, Jacqueline. I'm sorry. I am getting angry. I'm getting upset, and that is not good. Let's all stay friends. We're not going to agree about this. Can we all at least agree to pray for the safety of the innocent? Can we do that? Can we, do, can we please do that? 
can we please pray for the safety of the innocent in this conflict? Can we be in, in agreement about that? Right. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not responding to the latest the, your latest comment, Dr. Torres. I think. I think we do actually need to step up with the the, the program is nearly at an end now, and I think we need to end at peace. All right. You know, I appreciate that for me, this is a very personal subject because I feel very close to that country because I have lived there. I I worked in a hospital. You see people at their most vulnerable in a situation like that. You bond with people. You know, um, Jacqueline is saying, my friend Dominique in Nigeria sent me all kinds of pictures, stories about Christians being brutally murdered different facts nobody cares you don't hear about it i'm talking about babies being chopped up and i've seen the pic oh jacqueline i'm so sorry this i'm really sorry this has been such a difficult program today but i think perhaps we just had to have that conversation let's be friends let's pray it's been my pleasure as always to bring you the early show all the way from rainy england don't forget to write to me at fiorella at crusadechannel.com and the chat room is open for your commentary as well at crusadechannel.com forward slash chat King Dude is away, but please do stay tuned in. You are listening to the Crusade Channel talk show radio the way it should be.